In the name of Jesus, amen. Our purpose this morning is, first of all, to gather in this grand edifice and once again humble ourselves before the awesomeness of God. But secondly, we want to honor those uh, service anniversaries that are listed on the back of the bulletin. You are all sitting in front of me, many of you with your dear families. And we, we start with five years, Stephanie, Daniel, Father Ted. And then, then we go to talk about the miracles of God, Debbie Redeker, whose mother, upon giving birth, brought her straight here and she began working <laughs> at the seminary, you know. Every anniversary, Debbie, this is a compliment to you. There are, there are many ways by which we can acknowledge the service of those who work with us and have put in so many, many years. What I would like to focus on in the next minutes is this. In your service, this is true of all of us, you are the face of Concordia Seminary. More than that, 24-7, whomever you meet, whomever your job brings you into contact with, you are the face of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And since Christ is alive, he is living in this community and in each of us individually, you're never going to encounter a stranger because everyone that you and I meet is someone that Jesus within us is yearning to draw close to. Now back in 2007, we renovated the Wartburg Dining Hall. A lot of you may not realize that the um, two of the entrances in Wartburg are brand new. The one that goes into Steckart Hall and that little seating area, that wasn't there. And then the, the entrance close to uh, the ISO quad, that wasn't there. And those things were dug out. I mean, 30 inches of wall. And it took them like a week plus to get through all of that. And what are they going to do with all the stones? Because we recycle everything on campus. So those stones from those new entrances, doorways, uh, went on the north side of the campus into what was the old professor's garage. So the old professors would have parked their Model Ts or whatever back there. If you've never walked that alleyway, I mean, go back there. You're totally welcome, you know. Just go back there and see the interesting stuff. Some of it's junk. So anyway, all of, all of those stones were taken back there. One Saturday morning, 2007, I've got the bobcat back there. 
and I don't remember exactly what the project was. It had something to do with those rocks, but that didn't matter. The real project was for uh, OPA to play with the equipment. That's why I love being at the seminary. I can play with company equipment. So I'm there moving, the, getting these rocks onto the, the bucket of the bobcat, and neighbor comes up, and he hails me across the fence. So I went, I went there, and he starts complaining about the seminary. You know, this, this area was a dump, and they finally cleaned it up, and now they're dumping stuff here again. I said, sir, it's only temporary. They're doing construction. This will be gone in some time. Yeah, they can dump in here. They don't care about the neighbors. <laughs> sir, I can assure you that in several weeks, this will all be gone. Wait, you, you work here? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What do you do? He said, I'm the president. <laughs> <clears throat> well, they sure are getting their money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> so then after that, again, after we got the tenseness out of the relationship, you know, I said, they, they will go. And, 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 and we had a reasonably nice conversation, okay? And in a couple, three, four weeks, they were gone. Those rocks were gone. The point of it being, before I had to divulge who I was, I was the face of the institution to this guy. And he wasn't happy with the institution. And a lot of people are not happy with institutions today, especially with the institutional church. But that little contact with somebody who works for the institution, you know, at least took the edge off of that. In many churches Sunday, the uh, lesson was from Acts chapter 9, the conversion of St. Paul. And we just heard the sequel to that conversion story. Uh, Paul started talking about Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah. And that started getting him in Dutch up in Damascus with his formerly co-religionists. And so the, the Christian believers got him down to Damascus, or to, uh, to Jerusalem. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join uh, the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So Saul, Paul, gets down to Jerusalem and needs a positive institutional encounter. Okay. I mean, he may not have thought of it that way, but he needed a positive institutional encounter. So we can imagine 
how that might have gone. <clears throat> Thank you for calling the Institutional Apostolic Office. How may we help you? Uh, my, my name is Paul, and I just had an experience. I got the light knocked into me about Jesus. Uh, I'd like to talk to the apostles. Your name is Paul? Could you hold the line, Paul? And I'll get back to you. Yeah, sure. So he's holding the line. It's going on for some time. And, and you know, what are they playing here? As Paul's getting all this. Okay. Uh, Mr. Paul, yes, um, we've been talking about this. And. One of our members, a man named Barnabas, Mr. Barnabas, is going to come and meet you. Uh, could you tell us where you are and Barnabas will come? And so it transpires. You can imagine while Paul was on hold, all the questions and the debates that were going on, what are we this is the guy that's killing us. What are we going to do? Well, maybe you should call Pilate's police. Yeah, they've been a lot of help to us lately in the past anyway, so you know. Yeah. No, Mr. Barnabas has volunteered to come and meet you. And Barnabas went. And think from Acts chapter 9 and that meeting, how the mission was furthered exponentially because Barnabas knew Jesus is alive. Barnabas knew the story of the Good Samaritan, that everyone is our neighbor. Barnabas knew that you never meet a stranger. Jesus never met a stranger. John chapter 12, he says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto me, all people, including the, the guy on the other side of the fence or, or that cantankerous person who calls or emails you as a member of the staff. I just got uh, Vicki Big shared with me this morning some cantankerous note that we got from an unhappy donor. Unfortunately, in this case, it was not the sem our seminary's, seminary's fault. But that, that Jesus never met a stranger. When I am lifted up, I will draw all people, including those difficult people, unto himself. And then Matthew 28, he says, you know, go into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to all nations. Okay? The Spirit of Christ knows no stranger. And it is the Spirit of Christ, the resurrected Christ, who lives in you and in me. It is no longer I who live, but St. Paul says, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who gave himself 
up for me. So when you and I do the natural, normal thing, and pastors will do this all the time, we, we all do, it's natural. You encounter some guy, and you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, keep my distance here. I mean, you've gotta be smart enough. But the fact of the matter is that the Spirit of Christ decides who's going to be in front of us. You and I don't decide who gets the love of Christ, who gets that initial interaction, that little conversation, that maybe it will lead to something else. Because you and I are not living within ourselves anymore. You're the Spirit of Christ. So I look at you, I look at the names on this list. You know, where are these people? These are not the people who are being honored today. Those are the names through whom the Spirit of Christ has blessed us, met us, and met others. We are all to be Barnabases. You have been Barnabas. You know, you get a little bit out of your comfort zone to meet somebody. Pastoral ministry is about getting out of the comfort zone and saying, yeah, I'm gonna have an encounter with that person. That's being Barnabas. Barnabas is one of the key people in the New Testament. And you are all key people now in the mission of the Lord Jesus to those who know and don't know him. I wrap this up by saying that um, some years ago, it should have been the 1990s, 1990s, I had the privilege of interviewing former President Carter. Uh, he was on a book tour, and because book tours, Dale Ward, you know how this goes. I mean, you were involved in it. Um, people of some reputation are willing to give interviews to low-life bobcat workers uh, because they want to hustle their books. So in preparation, I read the new book by President Carter. And to make a long story short, he told about a, a, a Hispanic pastor in New York who said that everyone you meet in the course of a day has been put before you by God. You know, we go about the day thinking, I've got to accomplish this, 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 and this, and the boss wants this, 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 and this, and so on, and then somebody shows up, somebody's complaining over the fence, somebody sends an email, somebody, calls up, somebody's just cantankerous, and sometimes it might be one of our own, one of us. God put that person there. God put that person there for you and for me to show the love, to be like Barnabas and say, yeah, I'll come, I'll do what I can. Never Never meet a stranger, and you will know them by name when you get to heaven. Amen.